Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to America Can We Talk. Today, I'm going to hit three stories. One, today in Washington, the border security conference started in Congress. At the same time, information about more tunnels underneath our southern border emerged. Number two, questions in Texas, whether Donald Trump can possibly lose Texas in 2020? The answer is no. And third, great news from some polling about what both Republicans and Democrats want. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. Hello again, Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk, and to today's First Five. In Washington, D.C. today, there was the first day of a meeting of the conferees appointed by the House, majority Democrat, and the Senate, majority Republican, a conference about how to get to resolution about the border security funding. As you likely know, there's a temporary uh, shutdown. There was a temporary shutdown. There's been a shutdown from the shutdown. So government's open right now, but will again close on February 15th until the Republicans and Democrats meet uh, some way in the middle to end up funding border security. President Trump has been firm. He is not going to sign any spending bill that does not provide for money for his wall. But I wanted you to hit today more than that. I will hit the details in a moment. But I was thinking as I was getting ready for the show today about something one of my best friends in law school used to say all the time. She's very funny, Southern, full of funny expressions. But she had this expression she often used, which really seemed relevant to today's show. And that was this. The old adage that there are two sides to every story is not really true. In fact, in some stories, there really are not two sides at all, just one side. And that is what's true of border security. Nobody in this country, except criminals, drug smugglers, human traffickers, wants an insecure border. Nobody wants that. People actually want a secure border. And that is the truth about our this over the overriding truth about this issue at the southern border. Yet somehow we're in the middle in 2019, we're in the middle of a debate about whether to adequately fund border security. That's what the fuss is about in Washington. There was information recently about tunnels. You may have been hearing about this, but in addition to people coming across the border illegally uh, over our southern border from Mexico, people actually come under the border. They had just in Arizona this week, 376 migrants, including 179 children using seven different tunnels under the U.S. border fence in Arizona. And there was a report out from the uh, border security, um, border patrol agents, that since 1990, they have discovered at least 230 tunnels under the American border. The point is, we obviously have a massive problem at America's southern border with not just border security on land, but border security underneath. The idea that we're actually acting like it's a serious question in America, do we need to improve border security, is ridiculous. So we have a tunnels problem. We do not have a money problem. The $5 billion that Donald Trump has asked for in border funding is peanuts, sadly, in our federal budget. It's just plain peanuts. There's also no dispute that the the southern border, porous and unprotected as it is, permits in drug traffickers, gang members, human traffickers, 
terrorists from all sorts of countries around the world. No one's arguing that, and no one sane is arguing that it doesn't matter if the southern border is secure. There are really not two sides to the question about whether or not we need a secure southern border. But this issue, the tumult, the chaos, the unbelievable acrimony in discussing border security in our country, is really been it is there not because there actually are two reasonable sides to this question and not because there really are two reasonable groups of people discussing it the reason this is an issue is because we have an unseen force impacting the entire discussion not just about border security but about dozens and dozens of other issues and that is the radical leftism that has invaded our country and in fact is in control of the democrat party in this country we are being manipulated by all sorts of unseen forces intentional agitation creating chaos anger suspicion and and just plain acrimony between american citizens and if all of us would just step back and think about it, of course we have to have border security. But we've got to get above the fight about whether or not how much money goes to the wall and how much money should be uh, you know, assigned to fill in the tunnels or destroy the tunnels, whatever they can do about them. But the larger question is to be on the side, is to recognize that we do have on our hands in this country an ongoing, relentless, just unending attack by radical left-wing forces that simply do not like the idea of a secure America, simply do not like the idea that we might actually be in control of who's in our country, do not like the idea that we have a sovereign nation, which is what Donald Trump has been trying to push since he first began speaking about uh, wanting to run for president. So the battle about the border is vital and it is important, but it's just one little piece of the larger battle we are in for this country and that is this. Here's how I see this battle. America as founded is the most extraordinary, exceptional, unique experiment in human liberty. At the time it was founded, overthrowing King George, overthrowing the concept of a monarchy meant establishing the idea that we are a country where we have we the people, the people choosing government, the people are the power in this country. That was the idea of our founding. Left-wing forces in this country just were unleashed on America during the eight years of the Obama administration with the takeover of the healthcare system, the expansion of the power of the federal government over more and more and more aspects of individual American lives. That's what was happening for eight years under Obama and frankly for about 80 years before him as the American left worked its, its tyrannical left-wing controlled society mission through academia, through our, through our uh, Hollywood entertainment, from our public school education all the way through college. There are left-wing forces in this country that simply do not like the idea of a country founded on liberty. And that is the core underlying battle we're facing. And many, many questions is recognizing that the American left is not fighting on the American playing field anymore. They are not standing for a simple slight difference in policy on a variety of issues. Their, their effort on the southern border, as well as in many other issues facing America is, is the, the mission to undo the idea of America, to undo the unique greatness of America. So the mission of people on the right side, and I mean that in both ways, on the correct side as well as on the political right, 
is to recognize that we need to be not just defending America on issue after issue after issue. We actually have to be on the offensive, reasserting America's extraordinary, exceptional identity as a country rooted in the idea of individual rights and liberty, gifts from our creator that our country exists to defend. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. That's my first five. Come right back. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. I did want to mention on my own website, americacanwetalk.org, on the home page, you can go to the drop down menu um, right along the home page. And I think it's under um, podcast, but there's uh, an item called list of links. Anything I talk about today is listed there. You can find the stories I'm going to talk about today. You can also find, I listed under our blog, same page, americacanwetalk.org, along the top under blogs, I listed, I put a posting up today that relates to this hearing in Washington. I mentioned the conferees having been assigned. They're now in this discussion in Washington about what to do about the border, how to fund it, whether to fund it. And I don't know if we have any of the uh, pictures available of the tunnels, but you know, these tunnels I was talking about a moment ago, these tunnels are not just, okay, that by the way, that picture, that is an entire enormous crate in a tunnel underneath the San Diego border, the Mexican border in San Diego, filled with cocaine. These are not tiny little tunnels like you might have dug in your backyard as a kid growing up. Massive tunnels. It's big enough because these two guys are, are squatting down here. They can see those tracks running in this one. The next one, I think, is they're actually standing up. These are enormous tunnels. These are evidences of an invasion of our country. It is nothing less. It doesn't matter if the people coming through these tunnels were human traffickers, drug traffickers, or they were just trying to help along some of the people fleeing poverty and all sorts of economic breakdown in their home countries. These are vehicles to enter America illegally. And of course, once the people get come out of the tunnel on the American side, they disappear into the American uh, landscape somewhere, most of them never to be heard of again, unless, of course, they get arrested for committing a crime. But this is an absolute invasion of our country. And Donald Trump, when he ran in 2016, among the many things he talked about, he focused on, this is one of his central issues, is that you're not a country if you don't have a secure border. You're just not a country. You're just a blob of dirt on the planet somewhere. So the importance of the border, of funding the wall, of adequately funding the border patrol, of shutting down these tunnels, it really is a reassertion of the idea that the country America, United States of America matters. It has a unique identity. It has a place in this world that it is absolutely founded on the documents that we established at the time of our founding, the idea of the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, that that is part of what being a citizen is in this country. You sign on to our deal, our commitment to freedom of the individual. That's what our country is. When people can enter our country, and now whatever the numbers really are, you know, the, the, the uh, low end estimate is 12 million people here illegally with no legal right to be here, higher end and probably more realistic, something in the range of 40 or 50 million people, you've lost the idea of a country. 
You've lost the idea that you value your country. So this is the battle at the southern border. The reason I mentioned when I put up my website, AmericanCanWeTalk.org, is that on that, uh, in the blog portion, I put up a list of all the people assigned to this committee that's discussing what to do about the border funding. And of course, because the House is Democrat run, there are more Democrats than Republicans in the House, because the Senate's Republican majority, uh, more Republican senators than Democrat. But these people sat around in a room today in Washington starting the discussion. But what you'll see on what I put on the, my website is a list of at least 20 of these people on this who are elected members of Congress, Democrats in Congress, who have made statements in the very recent past essentially saying, well, obviously we have to have a border. No one's against a wall. I mean, Nancy Pelosi called walls immoral. This is She is part of the absolute left-wing cabal steering the Democrat Party way off the American playing field, way off the, the, the com- contemplation of what America is supposed to be. But members of Congress, her own party, have all sorts of great statements. I urge you to read them. And if you really want to be an activist, email or call the offices of these people who are conferees in this hearing to say, I expect you to secure the southern border. I expect you to fund that wall. I expect you to act like you get what is happening at the southern border. And read some of their own statements to them. These people, these Democrats, when they go home to their districts, of course they're telling people. Of course I believe in a border. This is America. We have to have a secure border. We'll figure this out. Don't worry. That's what they're telling their constituents. When they get to Washington, they are unfortunately under the control of Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, much harder for them to speak up. But these people making this this effort to try to get to a funding decision about the border wall, they really need to hear from the Americans who want security. They need to hear from you. And that's why I put that up on my website. So enough of that. I, I do think it's a really important um, story for this uh, time is recognizing how much the border matters. But the other story I wanted to hit on mainly today, uh, and you know, you, you, people talk about, I mean, I'm, if it isn't obvious, I'm kind of immersed in politics all the time, and I, I'll, and I do a lot of public speaking. So I've had people ask me, you know, what do you think are the big issues facing America, the top issues? And I could run through about 30 or 40 probably, but you know, among the mo- more key issues, beside border security, which is fundamental to actually being a country, it's fundamental to being a country. No other country has this kind of ridiculous internal conversation about, do we really care if our border is secure? Do we really think it's okay if people just come here, sneak in, disappear? We set up sanctuary cities and states to allow them to remain in America when they have no legal right to be here. I mean, it's absurd. As I say, back to my law school friend's comment, there really are not two sides to this question. Our country has to have secure borders. We have to have a legal status for everyone who's here. You're either here legally in some capacity as citizen, green card, whatever your status is, or you're illegally here and you need to go home. That is what we've got to get to. And I honestly think that we're going to have about 90% of Americans would agree with that. But I want to get to another story, another uh, kind of issue that really the question of whether or not we're going to have a country is shaped by voter integrity, ballot integrity. You may have heard in the great state of Texas, where I'm doing this show from, that we actually had a report um, 
because this ties into the the coming elections in 2020. But there was a report in Texas uh, put out first by our Texas Secretary of State, David Whitley. I don't happen to know him, but he's a Texas Secretary of State. He did, his office conducted a massive investigation um, about who is listed on the Texas voter rolls, whose names are there. He came up with at least 95,000 95,000 non-citizens registered to vote in the gray state of Texas. And of that 95,000, 58,000 voted in these most recent 28 midterm elections. So 58,000 people voted in these most recent midterm elections in 2018. I have to tell you that we had a lot of close elections in Texas. I haven't had time to go through and look whether or not that number, you know, what, I mean, obviously they're dispersed throughout the state, but I'm gonna guess a lot of them are in the uh, cities where there is, uh, number one, we have sanctuary cities in Texas, and number two, I think it's easier for a lot of people um, who are illegal to find uh, sanctuary safety and protection. So 58,000 people in Texas voted in the last election cycle who are illegal aliens, who had no right to vote. And I want to hit on how important this is, and it ties back to what I'm trying to say about the left-wing mindset in this country. There is a relentlessness of the anti-American left to bring down, to destroy, to undermine the entire fabric and culture of liberty in America. They don't like it and they will do anything to destroy it. So let me just start on this, on this uh, particular issue related to um, what the, the people who uh, voted illegally. Right in here, and this is where I am in Dallas County, there's evidence of tampering with the voting machines. And the particular allegation is that you're not permitted with it with, when there are electronic voting machines, you're not permitted to have access to, in those machines, where the machines are, um, access to the um, computers that could be impacting uh, the, the vote counting happening those machines. There are stories out, new evidence shows Texas Senate race vulnerable to manipulation. A voting system computer in the central counting station had Wi-Fi connectivity not allowed not allowed and so and then you had um, emails being sent to that computer emails which can then interact with malware inside those computers now i know that a lot of people every time there's any talk about voter fraud or voting irregularity or any any allegation that somehow the elections weren't fair if it's Republicans making these allegations or are questioning the outcome of elections, there's just the instant reaction by the Democrat media mob in this country, the Democrats and the media piling on saying, oh, you're just sour grapes because Republicans lost. You just, you have to blame somebody else. You, you're blaming, you're, you're accusing people of wrongdoing. You have no basis. You're just whining and moaning because you lost. It is mocked, derided, and ridiculed. But I'm telling you, there is investigation ongoing about whether or not the voting machines, not just in Dallas, but around the state and around this country, were subject to manipulation, having, they do know already that these computers in the voting, the voting system computer, the central um, counting station had Wi-Fi connectivity. That's a no-no. And there's been testimony and, and public statements by Laura Presley, who gave an interview. She's a former device engineer, an engineering manager in the semiconductor industry, talking about how easy it is to do this. And I'm getting at the idea that number one, 
There is a profound problem in our country if we do not secure the voter rolls, if we don't have them be accurate, if we don't demand that the ballot counting is accurate, excuse me, that we don't have the ability to check the ballots once voting and counting is over. And we have known now in Texas, we have the, you know, the number of people I just mentioned a moment ago, 58,000 in Texas alone who voted, who were not legally able to vote, who voted in the Texas 2018 midterm elections. And this allegations is happening all over the country. And then secondly, we have the potential for true electronic fraud, electronic manipulation of the outcome of elections. And when People on the Republican side try to make this point, try to out, try to look into these things. What they get are the kind of uh, feedback I'm going to share with you right now. We had, for example, HuffPost, you know, Huffington, uh, you know, which is HuffPo, people call it, but you know, it's a left-wing uh, website, had the story. Uh, in fact, they, as soon as the story came out that there had been, a, oh, and by the way, we have a tweet from uh, our, our, our Texas State Attorney General, Ken Paxson, and then uh, President Trump jumped onto it. Both of them are trying to point out, and Ken Paxson, who happens to be a great guy, happened to know him, he's a great guy, our, our attorney general, voter fraud alert, the Texas Secretary of State discovered approximately, uh, that's cut off on the edge over there, but he's saying, you know, 95,000 identified by Department of Public Safety and 58,000 who voted. So he's bringing the story out. So right away, HuffPo, Huffington Post, jumps into the fray and they collect a bunch of statements from Texas election officials. And this ties into another story I'm gonna tell you in just a moment. So the attorney general of the state of Texas, not you know just some Joe making up stuff, but the, the attorney general of the state of Texas, as well as the individual who actually uncovered this voter fraud, Texas Secretary of State, David Whitley, they say they have these numbers and instantly, the left wing in this country goes to the argument, they're just lying, they're just making this up, they're exaggerating, couldn't be true. So you had Lisa Wise, top election official in El Paso County, Texas. Um, she called out, she said she saw a name of someone in her office and she knows that person eventually became legal. Now, first of all, there could be many people by that name. Doesn't mean that just because she knows someone on the list who has, who has the same name as someone on the list, that the, the list is inaccurate. But what HuffPo is doing in this article is picking up stories by the um, ACL, just a variety of left-wing sources all saying, oh, come on, there's not really voter fraud. This is just the Republicans making stuff up, complaining, exaggerating, you know, just falsely accusing people. And so they get, what they do is they get planted in the minds of their readers that this is just uh, falls into or ties into the endless effort of the Republicans to try to somehow diminish minority voting rights, to somehow impact people who are, um, you know, uh, who are young, who are move frequently, who are minorities, that this is just a Republican effort to shut down voter rights. So they go, HuffPo goes to uh, someone named Sophia, um, Lynn Alakin, a staff attorney for ACL Voting Rights Project, said she suspected the quick claims of voter fraud were part of an effort to justify voting restrictions. Now, I'm sorry. Lisa, I mean, Sophia Lynn Lakin did not sit down with Attorney General Ken Paxton. She did not sit down with our Secretary of State, David Whitley. She's off being in the ACLU wherever she is in Washington. 
And as soon as the story comes out by a credible, by the attorney general of the state of Texas, that they have discovered names on the voter rolls that are of people actually voted who are illegal, before she has the facts, before she investigates, before she looks at the list, before she gathers data, she's, you know, she fires off a statement used by this, by HuffPo to say essentially that she, she's head of the ACLU Voting Rights Act, she quickly assigns a motive for this report of this, of all these people who voted illegally as must be a part of an effort to justify voting restrictions. And so she's, you know, she's just trying to put a wet blanket on this allegation, a wet blanket on this story. Uh, in fact, there was a bill fired, filed in Texas in November um, to uh, say that people should have to prove their citizenship um, to register to vote. I mean, that seems like a really basic, we, we all agree, I think, or most people agree, you have to be a citizen to vote. But this whole HuffPo article picks up a variety of people who are in state election offices around the state, they're usually county officials, all just, you know, poo-pooing, uh, saying they're going to approach this. Because what happened, they came up with this list, and then they sent the list of people from each county to the county election department saying, we think the following people are registered in this county, but they're not actually eligible to vote. They're not actually citizens. Please check it out. So all these county officials, are uh, Democrats, are putting out their statements saying, oh my gosh, it's ridiculous. We don't think so. We're very, very skeptical. We're very, very, we can't really imagine that's true. It's probably not true. So we have, you know, the kind of general denigration, mocking, derision, typical style attack that the American left does. But I want to mention one other, and I, I talk about, you know, the importance of this, um, voting rights stuff, several things happen if you have truly egregious, uh, dishonest voting, whether you have people in voter rolls who don't belong there, whether you have electronic cheating as, as is being alleged around the country, uh, you have people lose faith in the election system. They just decide, why go vote? And in fact, I tell you, it's not just the election system, but number one, you get people in charge running in elected positions who didn't actually win. That's one bad outcome. You have honest citizens and hardworking citizens becoming a little bit less willing to work hard in an election cycle or to run for office if they think the whole thing is rigged. It's just a rigged game. So you really do hurt the kind of spirit of American elections when you do all this. But, you know, the, the American left works really, really hard at mocking, deriding and ridiculing anyone who dares to speak up about voter fraud mocking, deriding, and ridiculing any claims about methods of possible voter fraud, about the need to clean up voter rolls, questioning you know, who's on our voter rolls in Texas. We did have, or in every state, we did have in Texas a, um, a woman who had, uh, was arrested, prosecuted, and convicted. I think she actually went to jail because she had stolen the identity of a deceased person. She was an illegal alien. She had stolen the identity of a deceased person and voted for that person for years and years and years. So this stuff does happen. But the final thing I want to make, I guess two last points in this voting issue. I just, I cannot tell you how much it matters. If you want to, you think about if you were an outsider and you wanted to just destroy America, you wanted to destroy this precious country, if you could control elections, the country's over. You have it. If you can control who wins elections, if you can control voting machines, if you can control uh, who's on the voter rolls, if you can, you can keep people on the voter rolls who are deceased, who moved away, who are voted, who are registered in three different states, and you can control that, 
you eventually control the elections and therefore the country. This is one of the most serious threats to the integrity of America's election system and therefore the integrity and legitimacy of our very government. Two other points. You may not have remember, remember this, but I thought about this morning. You know, when President Trump came to office, he decided he was going to look into, he appointed a commission, a voter fraud commission, to just look into the voter rolls, how frequently they are cleaned up, how frequently they are, um, you know, they go through and decide to someone, you know, someone is deceased or they have a system set up. So the county coroner's office notifies the county voters voting office, the voting records office to remove someone's name. Do they have a system in place when someone moves away and they register another state? Is there a system available that says, hey, by the way, now this guy lives in Vermont, so he can't vote anymore in Wisconsin. Do they have that or not? Do they honor it? Do they follow it? So Trump sets up this voter fraud commission shortly after he became president in 2017. About a year ago, so in January of 2018, he had to disband or cancel the voter fraud commission. And if you didn't know that, he put this commission together to say, please help us understand whether there's voter fraud, how it happens, how to clean it up. Let's put systems in place that keep our voter rolls accurate. Let's figure out where the problems are. Let's insist that local commissions, local voting, you know, the, the county commissioner, the, whether the title is called the person who runs the, the voting department in every county, let's make sure they have a system in place that removes dead people, that does all the things you're supposed to do. That commission had to be disbanded. And if you don't know why, I will tell you because largely Democrat-run voting officials in various states would not cooperate. They would not. They just said, no, not telling you, not cooperating, not going to play your game, actually filed lawsuits. I mean, and the commission tried to go after the data that they needed. And, you know, the, the voter rolls, the, the, and I'm telling you, it's the Democrat states, the Democrat counties just said, we're not going to cooperate with you. We are not going to do it. It's the same. So they ha he had to disband the commission. Couldn't get a thing done. It's the same attitude you're hearing from the American left uh, in response to this voting uh, fraud commission, which Trump had to disband. As you hear every time people talk about voter ID, why don't we have to have a picture ID? I mean, every time a Republican, uh, first of all, the bills that get passed to insist on a picture ID to vote, they're always passed by Republican legislatures, and they're always attacked by Democrat leftist forces in this country. Now, they, it's under the guise, under the excuse, well, we're just trying to keep the voter rolls clean. We swear it's just about clean voter rolls. No, no. It is about the idea they, they actually benefit from several and several ways when they, the American left, when they fight voter ID requirements. Number one, they manage to implant suspicion in the minds of voters about Republicans. They are forever saying, you're just trying to require a picture ID because you're a racist, you're, you're a xenophobe, you're a hater. So they raise the specter of racism, even though all of these bills have provisions to provide a free picture ID. The county will provide it. The county will you know, assist you in getting transportation to get to the headquarters to get a picture ID. Even though it's absurd to argue that a picture ID, that most people in America don't have a picture ID. They do. 
people in America have to have one for all sorts of reasons for getting on an airplane, uh, driving a car, writing a check, using a credit card. There's all sorts of reasons. I mean, the idea that there are actually millions of Americans who all happen to be minorities who cannot get a picture ID is absurd. This is a lie. This is one of those things, back to my law school friend's uh, argument about, you know, there really aren't two sides to this question. There are not two sides to the question of whether or not a picture ID is a basic requirement in order to have a, a voting system, a, to have ballot integrity, to have fairness in our election process. It is a kindergarten level assumption, uh, kindergarten level comprehension it takes to recognize you can't have you can't have honest voter rolls, you can't have accurate voter rolls unless you require a picture ID. So someone shows up and says, hi, I'm Debbie Georgettis, I'm here to vote, here's my license or whatever my picture is. These kind of things are basic to, and in fact, countries like India, countries like India with, you know, not nearly the wealth and, and a massive population and much of it rural, they require a picture ID. Isn't that kind of crazy? They can, but we can't. So. This idea of this, you talk about the threats to America's security, stability, greatness, very existence, the presence of, the, of, of fraud in voting, the willingness of the American left to mock anyone who dares challenge it, mock anyone who dares suggest that voter rolls need to be cleaned up after, in fact, especially in light of what uh, our Texas state authorities uncovered in Texas, and yet we still have to sit here and have a, a supposedly legitimate discussion about two sides every question. You never know. Maybe there really are, you know, people who um, are, uh, you know, who, who can't get a picture ID. Maybe there really is a reason to keep hundreds of thousands and probably millions of people on the voter rolls in America who aren't citizens. Maybe there's a good reason for it. There isn't. And this idea of getting really, and I'm, I'm telling you folks, if you could get uh, assertion, uh, a strong presence in the national level by the Republicans, by the president to say, we're gonna have cleaned up voter rolls. We're gonna somehow manage to clean up the voter rolls then you would end up discovering what the um, you know what the attitude of the American left is because they are not trying to protect legitimate minority voters. They are not. They are trying to protect protect the presence of people on the voter rolls who have no right to vote. That is what they are trying to protect, which ties in well with something I mentioned last week, I think. But there is this, the, this bill that the Democrats have in Washington. I actually did a story on it. Um, H.R. 1 is the uh, the Democrats. I was calling it the Left Act, L-E-F-T, legalizing election fraud tactics, because that's exactly what it does. But the very first bill the Dems propose is essentially forcing states to embrace all sorts of tactics the Californians use to be sure and protect the right of illegal aliens to vote, to protect voter fraud, to protect people committing voter fraud and, and have them never get in trouble. That's what HR1 is. And I actually talked about last week, but now the stories are all over the place. This is, if you want to look at a, a, this bill in Washington as just related to voting, it's bad enough. It is a really bad bill, but worse than being a really bad bill, it is a bill that they are unashamedly, unabashedly, triumphantly sticking out in the public's face and daring people to say, wait a minute, 
You want to allow ballot harvesting? You want to force states to permit ballot, har ballot harvesting? These are tactics California has won seemingly illegitimate elections because they permit these kind of tactics. And the American left is trying to nationalize the voter fraud that occurs in California. And this is part, as I go back to, and I will over and over again, the American left is comprised of people who will relentlessly force their views, their goals on America, whether we like it or not. They will do it through all sorts of tactics of manipulation, creating chaos, creating suspicion. The way the Democrats handle this whole voter issue is to create chaos, suspicion, resentment, to convince uh, less educated, less informed voters that Republicans are only asking for voter ID because they're trying to limit uh, people of color from, get, from being able to vote. It's hogwash. It's time that Republicans call it hogwash, call it lies, stand up for the idea of voter rolls made up of citizens, voter rolls that are regularly corrected and cleansed, and so we remove people who do not have the right to vote in this country, make more severe punishments for people who do vote when they are not permitted to vote in this country as an immediate, immediate deportation. I mean, if you can actually prove someone came here, registered, voted, and they knew they weren't allowed to do it, and they did it anyway, that by itself should be a basis for deportation. The idea of getting our country back, claiming our country back as a country of law and order, a country of the rule of law, a country made up of people who've committed to be part of the American experiment in liberty has to include fixing voter rolls, fixing the voting process, and demanding integrity in the entire election process, calling out the left for the lies they are creating about the voting system. And that, my friends, is my spiel on voter fraud. Stay tuned. I want we come back. I want to tell you some good news that something the GOP and the Democrats actually agreed on a recent polling. Come right back. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. One last thing about today. Actually, about that last story about voter fraud. So there was a big story that, you know, is making the headlines today that the Texas Republicans fear that Donald Trump could lose the state in 2020. Well, I'm going to tell you something, folks. Uh, number one, you know, I'm glad it's being talked about. I mean, I will say, I think the Republicans put these stories out frequently to try to inspire their voters, their base to realize, you know, you got to turn up. Don't just count on Texas being solidly Republican forever. And, you know, be sure that we have a, uh, you know, a Republican base that knows they got to get and vote every time. Maybe that's part of the, of the uh, issue. And James Dickey, who actually happens to be a friend, he's a chairman of the Texas GOP. He's been delivering this message. Senator John Cornyn's been delivering the message to the RNC, to Tommy Hicks, who's a new RNC co-chairman. He's been delivering the message that they're worried about the state of Texas. They're worried about Texas turning blue. They want Trump, the Trump team in 2020, to spend some money in Texas because usually Republicans figure Texas is a state for Republican state and, you know, they don't need to spend money. Well, I agree that 
Trump and all Republicans should take every election seriously and they should fight in Texas seriously like they understand that voters have to be convinced. But I also would say that if we could clean up our voter rolls, if we could actually convince people the Republicans have backbone and will not be bullied by the American left constantly talking about any effort we make to clean up voter rolls, to insist on accurate voter registration, uh, to enforce the election laws. If we could convince people we have that backbone, more people would come on board with the Republicans and actually the people, because if you haven't figured out by now, I'll just tell you a little secret, nobody of these 58,000 Texans, or non-Texans, 58,000 non-citizens who voted in this last election cycle in Texas, I'm gonna guess exactly exactly 0% of them voted GOP. People who register and vote illegally because they're not legal citizens here are voting for the Democrat messaging of amnesty, of we'll make you all citizens, of the Democrat message of benefits for everyone, free healthcare, free housing, free schooling, free everything. This is what they're voting for. They did not come to America illegal, illegally, registered to vote illegally, to vote Republican. So I'm glad that the Republicans are sounding the alarm about the 2020 and recognizing we need to have a serious effort. But part of the serious effort has to be from the Republican Party to come on strong about what we stand for, who we are. And I'm going to hit, this is my good news story. I I really am going to get to this good news story now, which is this. There was a poll put out by Pew, a Pew Research poll, and they polled Republicans about whether or not they think the Republican Party should become more liberal, should moderate, or be more conservative. Now, if you read the polls and if you read the headlines and the Democrat media mob and left-wing media, you're probably thinking that the Republicans going right along with the mainstream media would say, oh yeah, yeah, Republicans gotta moderate. You know, we can't, we can't be so harsh. Donald Trump is mean. Uh, no, no. Republican voters, 60% in the Pew poll, told Pew they want the Republicans to move more in a more conservative direction. I could not agree more. Firm statements by the Republicans. We demand election integrity. We demand a, a border wall. We demand border security. We reject socialism. Let the Democrats you know, talk about socialism and point out what was happening in Venezuela. If the Republicans would stand up for basic conservative principles, border security, strong national defense, election integrity, limited government, getting the federal government out of your hair, limited regulation by the federal government, keeping taxes low, the basic core Republican message, including protection of life, protection of innocent life, protection of families, reassertion of the value importance of of families in America, Republicans would win hands down. Republicans lose voters because they think they're supposed to moderate and, and you know, do a you know, dance around, play footsie with the Democrats in Washington. This is not what Republican voters want. They want Republicans to act like Republicans. But the good news of this poll beside that, and this was actually the shocker of that poll, is they also asked Democrats, what do you want? Do you want the Democrat Party to become more liberal or more conservative? Now, 
you might look at the election of Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the avowed Democrat socialist who's put blinders on when it comes to Venezuela, can't possibly talk about the, the you know, kind of real-life movie playing out for all of us to see what socialism does to a country. You might think that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez won because the Democrat Party is becoming more liberal, more left-wing. No majority of Democrats also said, only 53%, but still a majority said, they want the Democrat Party to move to a more moderate position. Which comes back to the point I started with. There really are not two sides to many, many, many questions in this country. Whether your political affiliation is Democrat or Republican, whether you say you're conservative or a liberal or a moderate, Americans want the same things. They do not want socialism, they want freedom. They want a secure border. They do not want to hear about more drug traffickers, more people killed by illegal aliens in criminal acts, in criminal violence, in drunk driving incidents, in all sorts of horrific instances. They don't want to hear those stories anymore. They want a secure border. They want to have elections be, be, be uh, involving only American citizens. They want America to be a free country, a non-socialist country, a strong border country, a country where people can still live in freedom without the federal government controlling every aspect of your life. And so I'll tell you, even though I get very frustrated and very upset with the American left kind of daily, I also think the American people are right where they have been for a long time. The, the extremism on the Amer extremism and politics in this country is on the American left. The Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez radical left, and she has nothing to do what America really is. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. This is America Can We Talk, which I do every day, Monday through Thursday, 3 p.m. Central Time. If you're on my Facebook page, if you're watching on Facebook, please like my Facebook page. And also review it, far left column on the home page. If you're on my website, americacanwetalk.org, thank you for going there. Please read my articles there. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Debbie Can we Talk. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to this channel. You can email me at americacanwetalk at gmail.com. Do not email me and say I talk too fast. You can email other things, but don't email that I talk too fast. And beside that, thank you very much to Matt, my incredibly wonderful, happy producer. Thank you to RNCN Network. Talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can you hear us now? You're listening to RNCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio.